0: So I have been wanting to make this podcast for a long time. It's been kind of burning a hole in my pocket. And I think that I have sort of been making podcasts that beat around the bush on this topic, but I'm finally getting down to brass tacks on this. Basically, what I want to address is the propensity that many people have to come to mold avoidance with a lot of preconceived notions. Um, We've spent a lot of time being sick and navigating the healthcare system without much help or support. And we've kind of had to form our own theories and our own approach to healing. If you go to 10 different sick people's houses, you'll find 10 different stashes of supplements. And what diet do you like? And I'm on keto and I'm on paleo and I'm on the fruit only diet or whatever. And when we come to mold avoidance, we tend to bring some of that with us. The other issue with mold avoidance is that it's kind of weird and some of the premises of it are a little bit hard to understand and make sense of. Um, And the way it's experienced is a little bit weird at times. And so this also kind of makes it feel like, well, I can just sort of do it my own way. It is weird after all. I can just do it how I want. And lastly, uh, one of the last reasons why we do it our way is because mold avoidance requires great lifestyle changes. I might need to move out of my house. I might need to move out of my neighborhood or even my town if there's outdoor super toxins. So we tend to sort of settle into this way of thinking. And I was guilty of this for my whole first year where we say, yeah, you know, I'm going to move 30 or 45 minutes away from my moldy house up on this nice mountain where there's a stream and a meadow and a cabin. And and I think that's good enough. And we sort of make up our own rules and our own approach. And then we come to mold groups and forums and we kind of want people to listen to us and, and, and let us do it our way. And we want to, you know, have our sounding board and our platform in those groups and what a lot of new avoiders find is that there's a great backlash against this um by the experienced mold avoiders experienced mold avoiders don't really like it when new people come with their own ideas now why is this and this is the root of what i really wanted to talk about and what i've been honing in on for so long and that is that um Mold avoidance, in order to really understand why that approach doesn't work, we have to kind of back up and look at the history a little bit. So basically, the the Eric Johnson uh, mold avoidance discovery began almost 30 years ago when Eric himself started to discover that doing a a very specific type of mold avoidance was able to resolve his uh, MECFS symptoms more than anything else he tried to the point where he was hiking Mount Whitney um, after being bedridden in just six months, and Eric, um having been trained in bio warfare in the army, applied a very methodical approach to understanding how to identify and avoid mold toxins and he did this over many, many years, and um some other researchers published his findings, organized them, and analyzed them. And so there's been this long-standing, decades-long, slow process of developing a mold avoidance approach based on Eric's uh, discoveries and experiments. And what's really amazing to me is that no matter how much I thrash around and try to do it my way and make up my own rules, the more time I spend doing this, the more I come back to the fact That Eric is basically right. And the people who have properly analyzed and organized his ideas are also basically right. And so, in the mold avoidance community, we don't have a lot of tolerance for people who want to come in, wipe the slate clean, and be a bag of hot air, a wind bag, and pontificating their own ideas. The more we do this, the more we all kind of realize and acknowledge that um, the style of mold avoidance that basically gives people their lives back is pretty well established. And don't get me wrong, I'm certainly not saying that there won't be changes and breakthroughs and new things that come along. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is those changes have generally been created and implemented by people who are very experienced, kind of um, have already gone through the process of learning the basics. And so the message that I really want to bring you today is that um, the style of mold avoidance, the, the way that we do this is is a very specific approach now that doesn't mean that everybody has to pursue it exactly the same way some people can do effective mold avoidance in hotels some people don't even need to travel and they can do it you know down the street Uh, some people do it camping but there is a, a, a a rhyme and reason to how this works and so my my very strong encouragement to new mold avoiders is to think of mold avoidance as a classroom that you come to and you learn and it's not because you're not smart or we don't like you or um you you don't have a good um brain it's none of that it's because it's a whole different set of rules and and discoveries think of it like someone who's never seen the game football and they walk into an nfl game i actually really like this analogy they walk into an nfl stadium for the very first time and there's the football game and there's the referees and and um, there's the audience, and the professional football players, and the coaches, um, we would know that that is a really established thing. Football is established. There's rules, there's strategies, there's plays. There's flags on the play based on certain things. It's an established sport. Now, that doesn't mean that once in a blue moon, there's not something that happens in football that the pros have to analyze or question or it makes it onto the front page of ESPN. Of course, that's going to happen. But by and large, when you walk into a football stadium and you see professional football players and you're new to the sport you're probably going to want to watch and observe for a while. There probably is a rhyme and a reason to why people are doing what they are doing. And it turns out that what Eric Johnson discovered is profoundly... Uh, life changing, both from a scientific, a biological and a recovery standpoint for sick people. So there's a reason that we're sticking to this approach and that we don't really want people fumbling around and messing it up. Um, It's saved many of our lives, it's given us our lives back. And it's kind of a delicate approach, people can mess it up. I mean, it's it's easy to try to do it your own way and then have it not work and then blame mold avoidance and say, "Eh, that doesn't work. Well, did you read the instructions? Did you realize there are some subtleties to learning this? Did you realize that it takes time and experience to learn it? It's a process. And so those of us who have studied Eric's work, um, put it to the test, healed our bodies, and now are spending our own time and energy in the community helping other people, we are very passionate about um, preserving this approach. And again, I want to reiterate that it's not that it's never going to change or that new ideas aren't ever going to be accurate. It's simply that this is a 30-year-old snowball of groundbreaking, uh, Nobel Prize-worthy scientific changes in how to heal from ME-CFS. And I'm not saying this information applies to everybody, um, There there are certainly some health problems out there that probably don't involve mold. But for those people who have taken a proper mold sabbatical, discovered that they are reactive to mold toxins, there's a pretty darn good chance that you are going to funnel right into the same science procedure and rules that um, everyone else has, has been down and discovered. So I would very much encourage people to join the mold avoidance community. Not as a teacher, not as someone who wants to share everything they know about alternative medicine, but as a student and I think that will provide a lot more benefit to you than you can possibly realize in my own journey. Um, I started off as as sort of a know it all i I've written five books on alternative medicine myself that have sold you know fifty thousand copies, and I kind of did it my way, and what I found was that the rules of the game that have been established are astoundingly valid and applicable to me. And in some ways, that was a little bit of a of a um, a disappointment to me because I really wanted to live in certain places and do certain things. And I wanted to do it my way, but I couldn't. But in other ways, it was a tremendous relief to have finally found a thought System or a uh, organizational system or a paradigm that actually explained my deepest, rootest, my deepest rooted health problems. After so many years of vagueness and not finding the answer, it was like, wow! No matter how much I thrash around, no matter how much I do it my way, no matter how much I want it to be different, it just isn't. Sort of in the same way that if you get in a car accident and you have a broken leg. Um, and you get an x-ray, and you see on the screen that the femur is snapped, there's not going to be a whole lot of debate in that x-ray room with the doctor about if your femur is snapped, like it's on the picture, and your bone is sticking out of your leg, and you have a broken bone. On the one hand, oh man, it's a bummer that I have a broken bone. I really wish that didn't happen. On the other hand. I sure am glad I've got the right diagnosis and there's no question about it. And that's sort of the train of thought that I went down when I thrashed around for a while and then after a year or two eventually realized that I'm in this football game and there are these established rules or that I am—I just got my x-ray of my femur and there is a, a clear answer. So I would propose to you that it is a blessing that there has been this established wisdom and that it can be a challenge for people who have been sick for a long time to accept that and become a student but it is a very fruitful thing to do. Um, So I'm gonna keep this short for today and just leave that message at that. And please realize, just a disclaimer here, I am not a doctor, I am not a medical profession, I am a healthcare journalist and author, and the opinions and statements I've expressed in this podcast are my personal opinions only. They are not for medical advice. If you have a medical problem, please seek a licensed doctor. Thanks for listening, hope everybody's doing well.